the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boats mending their nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts help us to live and love like you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. How can you guarantee the future dreams that you have for your children if you do not plan today? This was a tagline a while back for an insurance commercial, and it stuck with me. I think it was before I even had um, children of my own. I just remember that tagline being in my head. And when we just think of the different kinds of insurance available, right? There's life insurance, health, dental, homeowners, renters, automobile insurance, to name just a few. The purpose of different insurance policies is a form of security. It is sort of like purchasing a safeguard that everything is really going to be okay no matter what happens. But it also goes deeper than that. It becomes a sense of security for us, an insurance against the unknown of what will happen. When we start to think about it, how many things do we do as a safeguard for ourselves? We are told we must have the right job. We must make the right amount of money, live in just the right neighborhood, attend just the right schools, buy and wear the clothes and things in order to be, well, whatever it may be, you can fill in the blank, but it all ends up being a security. The danger in this way of thinking and living is that we often then place our security in something that is not Jesus. The gospel reading for today from Mark is the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. Now, we don't know how long it was after the baptism or the temptation. We don't know all we know about the timing of Jesus' start into public ministry is after John was arrested, which we find out more about John's arrest in chapter 6 of Mark. We are made aware that the powers that oppose Jesus' ministry, they're already at work in the world before Jesus even steps into the spotlight. John's arrest in the Gospel of Mark is that event that leads Jesus into public ministry. Jesus proclaims the good news of God even though there are already people 
that oppose him. The time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Now, Jesus doesn't just announce the time. In the same exact breath that he announces the time, he fulfills the time. Jesus' life and ministry will end up demonstrating the fulfilling of this time. What the kingdom of God looks like when it does come near and God's presence with us. Once Jesus proclaims this good news, he calls people to respond. Because the time is fulfilled, Jesus calls us to repent and believe in the good news. And because the kingdom of God has drawn near, Jesus calls disciples to follow him, to be made fishers for people, repenting, believing, following, fishing. These are the things that make up the early disciples and the early church. And here's the thing Jesus is making clear to us with this proclamation. We do not repent in order to bring about the time of redemption, because that time is already here. We do not become fishers in order to meet the quota that will end up bringing the kingdom of God, but because the kingdom of God is already here. It's already come near. We don't follow Jesus with the hopes that one day we might find him, but because he has already come to us and called us. God takes the initiative. The, thing, the kingdom of God is not the product of discipleship, but it's the forerunner for it to flourish and grow. It's not our insurance or our security to gain the kingdom of God. Jesus flips that upside down. The kingdom of God is already here for us to live and to grow in. The call of the first disciples comes right after Jesus proclaims this good news. So when Jesus calls Simon, Andrew, James, and John, Jesus does not ask them to add one more task to their busy lives so that they can enter the kingdom of God. He calls them into a new way of being. When Simon and Andrew leave their nets, they leave a way of life for something totally new. It's even clearer with James and John, who leave not only their nets, but also their father. The disciples leave behind their whole entire world, their work, their family, their hometown, all of the stuff for a new identity. So I want to take a closer look at Jesus' call to the disciples in verse 17. Jesus says this, follow me and I will make you fish for people. This is the way that it's translated for us. But it's also lost part of the original meaning. It makes it sound as if fishing for people were a task, an insurance, something to check off, a safety net, a security. You see, the Greek to English translation here is a little bit clunky. It doesn't read well, so they smoothed it out for us. 
The clunky translation would read this instead. Follow me, and I will make you to become fishers for people. Now, there's a world of difference between I will make you fish and I will make you to become fishers. I will make you fish gives us one more activity to work into our schedules. Okay, Jesus, fishing for people, how about every fourth Monday? That's when we're going to fish for people. Does that work for everybody else? but I will make you to become fishers. Well, that's a promise of a whole new life, a new identity. Discipleship is not a task or something else that we add to our to-do list to ensure that we make it to heaven. Discipleship is a whole new identity. Discipleship is about becoming. The kingdom of God has already come near. We are becoming disciples to live into that kingdom. Now here's the problem and why that difference matters. When discipleship is a task, the relationship is all about you and God, which is important, don't get me wrong, but that's only half of the cross. When discipleship is about your identity, something you work to become. The relationship isn't just you and God, but you and God and the things that God loves. God's children, God's creation, God's vision for God's kingdom here. Take, for example, discipleship as a task and the focus on just you and God. Now say that I go out and I really hurt someone. I mean, really do something horrible to them. You can imagine what that might be. When discipleship is a task, it doesn't worry about the person I hurt. It worries about how I'm going to make the relationship right with God. So I can give money to the church. I can serve a meal at Rowing Helping Ministries. I can volunteer to tutor a child. Whatever it is that I think is going to make my relationship right with God Because as a task, that's all I care about. It doesn't matter the person I hurt, cheated, lied to, stole from, manipulated, exploited, or abused. It only matters about God and about myself. I need that insurance of doing things right with God in order to save me from God's wrath. But let's look at the same example For somebody whose discipleship is their identity, they are always becoming. I go out and I really hurt someone again. When I'm a discipleship about becoming an identity, I care for what God cares for. My heart breaks for the things that break God's heart. And my action broke God's heart because of my lack of care for God's child. So I make it right with that person. I work towards reconciliation, bringing about creation the way God intended it to be, in relationship with one another and with God. I don't fear God's wrath, but I care for the things that God cares for, and I work to bring that kingdom closer and closer because I am loved by a God so great, I can actually become 
a disciple. So what are some ways that we can shift from a task-oriented discipleship to an identity-oriented discipleship? Well, first, sit and and learn at Jesus' feet. Hear what God is telling you through the Bible. Study Jesus' life. Pray and pray some more, but then sit back and listen and learn. Listen for the little nudges that God places on your soul and move yourself in that direction. Soak it all in at the feet of Jesus. And second, become a part of Jesus' mission of repentance and helping and healing and loving. Go and do to become, right? It's an action. It's an activity out in the world. Becoming is active so that we become and begin to live like Jesus did. Find the places in the world that Jesus cared about and be there. Stretch yourself outside your comfort zone. Talk to somebody about God, your faith, and love them where they are at. Seek reconciliation from people who hurt or wronged you. And don't judge others in their becoming. Live for God. Be a part of the kingdom come near. And the third thing is to realize that becoming doesn't always mean moving forward. Not every moment, day, or week of becoming is a mountaintop experience, but just keep becoming. Give yourself grace when you fall off the wagon. Don't be afraid to jump back on, fall away, coming back, feeling really connected and in sync with God, and then sometimes you feel like you can't hear God at all. It's all part of becoming. Grace is required. My kids have this lovely book called Have You Filled a Bucket Today? It's this simple concept that relates to our life as disciples and always becoming. It explains all day long, everyone in the whole world walks around carrying an invisible bucket. You can't see it, it's invisible, but it's always there. Now this bucket has one purpose and one purpose only. Its purpose is to hold good thoughts and good feelings about yourself and the world. You feel happy and good when the bucket is full, and you feel sad and lonely when the bucket is empty. And here's how they say it works. Other people can fill your bucket, and you can fill theirs. A bucket filler is a loving, caring person who says and does nice things. But you can also be a bucket dipper. There's a catch, though. When you fill someone else's bucket, somehow it also fills your bucket as well. We, of course, all want to be bucket fillers, not bucket dippers. It leaves you with two ways to check in with yourself every single day. Before you get out of bed, before your feet hit the ground, say to yourself, who am I going to fill, whose bucket am I going to fill today? And at the end of the day, check back in with yourself and say, did I fill a bucket today? Now, the book doesn't mention faith or discipleship, 
But David and I add in that for our children. Because in the simplest terms, isn't that what becoming a disciple is part of? We want to be Christian bucket fillers. We are becoming disciples when we follow and listen to Jesus, Jesus' call to love our neighbor as ourself. Jesus came to proclaim the good news that God is with us. But for us to see God more clearly, we must also center and focus our lives on Jesus, loving God, filling up our neighbor's buckets, because in the end, the only assurance in our kingdom journey is our willingness to turn to God and become more like Jesus. So may, may we remember that discipleship isn't a task for us, but our identity. May we always and forever be in the becoming stage so that we always are learning and growing and following Christ more fully. Amen.